and we're live in five, four, three, two. What comes after two? One. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode two of Rookie Mistakes. If you are joining me after listening to episode one, bless your heart. I wasn't really sure if I was going to post episode one. I was thinking about redoing it because I noticed there were a few words that I continuously kept repeating and I wasn't really sure if that would be distracting or not. And then I just decided out what the hell I'll leave it in because I thought it would be a good opportunity for people to see over time me improve in my podcasting endeavor because it is a pretty glaring thing that you can notice. If you didn't notice it, well, I guess you're aware of it now. And if you already did notice it, then I guess nothing gets by you. So that's pretty cool. In today's episode, I am going to be talking about a story about my first night out in Seoul, and then I'm also going to be kind of relating that to sacrifice and procrastination, and then mental barriers, because I kind of had had, I've kind of had some revelations over the past couple of days, and so that should be fun. If you're in LA, a basketball fan, I woke up this morning, July 2nd. It's a Monday, July 2nd for anyone that cares when I recorded this. But LeBron James is now a Los Angeles Laker, so really excited about that. I'm a huge LeBron fan, and I'm from LA, so that's pretty cool. Kind of bummed out that I'm not going to be in LA probably when the NBA season starts. So... That kind of sucks, but it should be fun. Hopefully, LA embraces him. I think, I don't know if LA fans in general have been LeBron haters, but if they are, we'll see if they're hypocritical or not and start to like him because, I don't know, it'll be interesting. But anyways, let's get into the episode. Thanks again for listening. See you guys on the other side. And we're back. Episode two, The Sacrificial Lamb Called Your Social Life. So, the other night, I... I was meeting the guy that owns my Airbnb for dinner and my plan was to go to dinner with him and then I was going to come back home and record the second episode of the podcast, which I'm now doing a few days later. So clearly we already know that didn't work out, but I went to the, I went to dinner with him and we met a bunch of people that he knew because he had a bunch of other properties that people were staying at and so he just meets a lot of people that way and so I met like uh probably like six or seven other people and so two of them one was a French guy and the other was a French girl were going out that night and so they had asked me if I wanted to go with and me being the we'll just say procrastinator that I am just instantly thought oh why not that sounds like a lot of fun I haven't been out yet I'm gonna do that and so we went out and They took me to this street in Itawan, which was literally all just bars, like from left to right, all the way down the street. And it was probably one of the coolest stretch of bars I've ever seen in my life. It was very, very colorful and bright. It was a very unique thing to see because I've never seen anything like that before. And I'm not really a big party or anything, so... It's not like I have much to compare it to or anything, but it was pretty sweet in my 
most humble opinion. And so we went to this bar called Fountain, which I guess is a pretty popular bar in that area. And we got inside and the security let us through, which was surprising to me because I had a big backpack with me because clearly I wasn't planning on going out that night. So I still had my street clothes on. And then yes, I had this like 30 pound backpack. And so they let us through. And then as we're walking through, all of a sudden one of the security guards stops me and I turn around. And so I'm thinking he's going to want me to give up my backpack and put it in like a cloakroom or something. But no, that is not what he wanted. Apparently he wanted my two liter water bottle. That was completely full because I assume he just like they take water because they don't want it to be alcohol or something so you buy alcohol I really don't know it didn't you you think some big sketchy backpack would be more of a priority than my poor little water bottle but it wasn't and so I had to give that up which I wasn't expecting to get back the rest of the night even though I did ask him if he would hold on to it for me. So gave that up and we started drinking. We drank Jack and Cokes, which they call Jack Cokes in Korea, which was kind of weird for me to call them that. But of course, we, we drank the cheapest thing that you could possibly get and met this guy who came up to me because he noticed I had a, a tripod on my backpack and so he was a videographer and he thought maybe I did the same thing and so we started talking and then the two French people wanted to play darts because that's apparently why they wanted to go to this specific bar and so we decided we were going to play it was going to be France versus North America and I really wasn't worried because when is France ever wanted anything <laughs> got them so we get the dartboard and or we go to the dartboard and the game we decide to play is this game where you start with 500 or so it's like a 500 and something and basically with each dart you throw and you subtract the points from your total and after 10 rounds whoever has the lowest score wins and so the canadian guy asked me if i was good at playing darts and i being a person that doesn't really play darts i really don't know anyone that plays darts to be honest I told him I wasn't good at it just being honest I feel like when this is some advice just for anyone out there whenever you're playing something with someone especially a stranger whether it's um, beer pong or darts or foosball or pickup basketball anything it's a good idea I think to either one say you're not good at it when they ask you or two say you don't play it because then the expectations are low because if you say you're good at something then the expectations are going to be high and when you don't meet those expectations well that's going to get a little bit awkward potentially if you run into Mr. Competitive which you really never know if it could happen. Alcohol also tends to bring that out of people. So I told him I was terrible at darts and he said he was good so I was expecting a somewhat competitive game but of course that ended up not happening the Canadian guy wasn't very good and I had to carry him every single round and we ended up losing 
and um, the bet we made was losers bought winners the drinks. And so I ended up having to buy both of the French people drinks, which I don't understand how I got screwed into doing that. But it's all right. The Canadian guy was nice. So I didn't really care, but I carried him. And then I had to buy the drinks for both of us. Doesn't seem very fair, but you know what? Whatever. And so then we went downstairs and we met I think it was three of the Canadian guy's friends. He was with a girl and then a Korean guy that didn't speak any English and then one other person. And so this Korean guy was a very interesting figure. He was one of those people that just seemed like nothing could bother him. He was very... Just it looked like he was high on life. He was just dancing the night away, getting after it. And he didn't give any, like he didn't care what anyone thought of him. He was just having, he was just there to have a good time. And so he's dancing, having fun. And the rest of us are standing around the table, just drinking and talking. And so for whatever reason, after about 10 minutes, he, for, he, he chooses me out of the, the group and he, He's telling me to dance basically but he's i can't really understand what he's saying and so someone's translating for me and so he's telling me to dance and all of this and i'm saying no 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 i don't want to dance it's all right and it just got a little bit weird because he kept telling me to like to dance and i didn't want to because one i had my 30 pound backpack so it doesn't really work that way and two i don't really like to dance because not that i don't want to dance because i wish i was a good dancer but i'm pretty stiff and so yeah i don't really I don't really dance much, especially when the music isn't that great for dancing. I don't know if you feel like this. Anyone out there that struggles like I do with dancing, I do feel like there's certain songs. Like the worst, I feel like the more the worse of, of a dancer you are, the less options you have as far as songs go <laughs> that you can dance to. Because I think. For anyone, think of your favorite song, something that really gets you kind of in the mood to dance or like something that you can kind of dance to. And so I think everyone has at least one song that they were like, they really fires them up and they just want to get out on the dance floor, you know, or just move a little bit. And so I feel like, though, with the the better and better dancers, they know how to dance to more songs. Right. And so. I wasn't really feeling the music. And so that just made me not want to dance even more. And this guy, man, he just kept bothering me about doing it. And it was a little bit weird, honestly. But you know what? That's fine. And so besides that little little debacle, um, the night was fun. It was a really cool bar. It was probably one of the um, coolest designed bars I'd ever been to. I really liked the way it was set up. And so... Got around to being 12.30 at night, I believe, and the two French people decided to leave. And so the French girl comes up to me to say goodbye. And I see she's starting to come towards me with her face. And so I instantly know, like, oh, my God, she wants me to do the little little French. I don't It's not like a I don't know. It's not a French kiss. That's obviously the wrong thing. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's where you kiss them on the one cheek and then you kiss them on the other cheek. I don't know what that's called. We'll just call it the two cheek kiss. And so she's coming in for the cheek, the cheeks. She's coming in hot with her cheeks. And 
I'm I'm instantly in my head like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't know how to do this. And so out loud, I'm like, what do I do? Help. Am I supposed to kiss your cheeks? Are we doing this? And so she just keeps coming in. And so I kiss her on the left cheek with my lips and I kiss her then on the right cheek with my lips. And then they left. And just to kind of jump ahead really fast, I kind of was thinking about that the next morning. And so I looked it up to see if I did it correctly. And I didn't. So I don't know if that was kind of weird for her. But apparently you're not supposed to actually kiss the person you're doing it like you're doing that with. You just kind of press your cheek to their cheek and then your other cheek to their other cheek. Now you all know if you ever are in a situation where you do that. Oh, and you're also supposed to make the little kissy noise, but I guess if you make the kissy noise too loud, and that's considered rude or weird, and so you're only supposed to do it like a certain level, and yeah, I don't really know. It's honestly kind of weird. I feel like it's also not very, it's not very hygienic. It's like all these people kissing your cheeks all the time, and then you're kissing their, like, then you're kissing that person's cheeks, and then maybe, you know, maybe you'll catch a cold that way. You never know, you know? You got to be, we got to be really careful these days. Um, so yeah, they left and then we ended up meeting some guys from England who were there waiting for the, uh, world cup game between England and Belgium to start. And so we started hanging out with them and we were going to watch it with them. And it was, I think there was two hours before it started. So we ended up going to a different bar where I tried soju for the first time. And that was somewhat of a good experience i guess apparently soju is kind of a really popular drink in korea and then also i think in japan and so they had original flavored soju which i don't even know how to describe what that would taste like and then they also had grapefruit soju so there weren't really many options as it was and i personally hate grapefruit because i think it tastes like throw up it tastes if, if you know the if you know after you throw up and you have that aftertaste in your mouth that's basically what i feel like grapefruit tastes like and so anyone that likes grapefruit i don't understand it it's like the it's pretty much the worst fruit in the world but you know what everyone has their own tastes and so that is all right so I had that and it was decent. And so after that bar, we ended up finding an English pub to watch the good old soccer match, or should I say football? I don't even know if that was an English accent, but you know what? We'll just go with it. And so watch the game. And it, of course, no one scored after the first half. And so I ended up leaving to go to sleep at 4 a.m. And it was it was interesting, though, watching that game and seeing a bunch of English fans all interacting with each other. And then they had all these cool little inside cheers, I guess you could say, that no one really knew what was going on except for them. And then there was also some Belgian fans at the game also. And so that we're not at the game. I mean, at the, at the you know, at the bar. And that made it a little bit more interesting too, seeing them go back and forth at each other especially being in seoul korea you know it's not like we were in england or anything so being across kind of across the globe and then experiencing that was interesting and so the reason why i bring up this this story is because something i've noticed with myself over these four months that i've been traveling is that i haven't really gotten that much done as far as starting my blog and then starting this podcast. And I mean, I've been doing my Instagram and kind of growing that, but I've kind of figured out, I've kind of asked myself the question, like, why, why is this the way, why is it this way? Why am I not really able to 
work and why am I procrastinating? And so I happened to I happened to watch a TED talk the other day about procrastination, which just seemed to be a just funny little coincidence. And if you want to look it up, it's if you just type in master procrastinator and then TED talk, it'll come up. But just to give you the the um the this the notes the show notes the spark notes we'll say the spark notes if anyone remembers that man that was that was such a lifesaver in middle school but i'll give you the spark notes version of the ted talk basically what he was saying was how he was a big procrastinator throughout college and then he still struggles with it today but he actually has a blog where he writes about procrastination i think and so it was kind of funny but the gist of the podcast or the the ted talk was that Everyone has, or a procrastinator, I should say, has this thing in their head, and he called it the instant gratification monkey, which is basically just something representative of you procrastinating and just never getting work done and always putting stuff off until the last minute. And so then he said how, well, once the panic monster sets in, then that scares away the instant gratification monkey and you're able to work and basically when the the panic monster it comes out when you have a deadline and you're basically right at that deadline and so you're able to finally work because you are kind of held to this deadline that you have to meet right that really clicked with me because i started thinking about kind of my whole life and i was a pretty i was a pretty big procrastinator myself in high school and college, I pretty much did everything at the last minute. And I did stuff even the morning of sometimes and I never really studied. But I did well in school. It's not like I did bad or anything. But so I started thinking about this and it really made sense to me. And then I started kind of thinking then about the what what are the motivations then for why I procrastinated in school? And then why am I procrastinating or having a hard time Um, starting what I'm trying to start now and so what I came up with as far as school was basically I used procrastination as a form of self-sabotage to where um, and I think a lot of people do this too it's not just me I think this is probably really common to where you you procrastinate and do things at the last minute because it's it's giving yourself an out in case you don't do well. And because if you don't do well, you could say, oh, well, I waited until the last minute or I did it. I did it, you know, the morning it was supposed to be due. And that's why I did poorly. It's not because I'm not smart or whatever. And so I think that was a huge factor in why I procrastinated. And then I started thinking about, well, how does that really apply to today? And a different thing also that I realized was with this this panic monster. The panic monster only comes out when you are or when you have a deadline, right? So in school, you would have these deadlines you'd have to meet. And so you could eventually get things done. It's not like you wouldn't do them. You would just wait until the last minute. Well, when you're trying to become an entrepreneur or you're trying to achieve something and there's no deadlines, the panic monster never comes out. And so you don't have anything to kind of force you to actually get things done. Because I don't have that panic monster, 
it could just become this endless cycle of where I'm telling myself, oh, I need to do this and I need to, to do that. But it's never going to it's never going to happen because I don't have an actual deadline to where I need to get something done. And so that was one thing I thought about for why I am procrastinating now with my blog slash podcasts. And then so another thing I thought of was in Europe, I was there for three and a half months. Um, I was in each in each country I was in. I was only there for, you know, a handful of days. So then basically I was trying to balance traveling and kind of being a tourist and seeing everything that I needed to see and actually taking full advantage of the experience I was having. But at the same time, then I had to balance actually getting work done, like working on my Instagram potentially starting my blog or potentially starting the podcast and it never really worked out. And then also there are a lot of times where I decide like I'd have work I wanted to get done and then something like a day trip would come up or with someone I met or a, or people wanted to go out at night. And then I do that. Another problem that I've had with traveling alone, especially is you do get pretty lonely. And so a lot of the time you just want to have some type of connection with people and so that's kind of another motivation for why I like want to go out right or have a day trip with people but then by having these day trips with people or going out I miss out on work I could be doing and then especially for going out at night generally you're hungover you're just tired the next day so that bleeds into that day and then you don't get anything done that day either and so not only are you not getting things done because you're choosing to go out but then your next day is kind of screwed because you're not at 100 percent and you can't really focus and so then i think more and more about well i've been thinking about entrepreneurs and just work like people in general that build businesses or are trying to build something whatever that something may be and i i really do i mean you hear it all the time how these people especially entrepreneurs, how they have no lives. Like, oh, I'm working in like the 16 to 18 hour day and I'm, I don't have a social life and I can't have a social life. And I've really, what I've come to realize it realize is it is pretty, pretty accurate because it is really hard to have a social life and achieve everything that you're trying to achieve because it's not like you're just punching in a clock every single day. That is why this episode is called The Sacrificial Lamb, called Your Social Life, because in life in general, there's things that are always going to take precedent. And then because those things take precedent, other things in your life are going to suffer. And so, well, which things are willing, which things are you willing to let suffer and which things are you going to prioritize? I think in my situation, especially, and then for anyone really trying to achieve something, that social life, man, it's like the sacrificial lamb. You just got to let it, you just got to let it suffer. And that kind of sucks. But at the same time, once again, it's about your priorities and what you want to be able to achieve in your life. And I don't know if I don't know if I necessarily believe in the whole 18 hour a day, like got to work, work, work. But I maybe there is some type of balance, but I haven't found it yet. And so that's procrastination. And then that kind of led me into thinking about, well, why also am I procrastinating? And then I started thinking about mental barriers because I don't just think people procrastinate because they just procrastinate. I think there's definitely reasons behind why they procrastinate. And so I started thinking about my reasons. And so I've come up with some mental barriers that I have. So the first one I came up with, and I kind of just want to use this as like an exercise for you, the listener, because you can either one, 
I think start thinking about your own mental barriers or maybe mine will spark something in in you that gives you some insight into yourself or maybe even you have the same mental barriers and so that kind of will help you but one of my biggest mental barriers is that I'm a perfectionist and I see everything at such a just exhausting level. <laughs> we'll take the blog as an example. When I think about starting a blog and this is literally I've I've had this I've had this conversation with myself and this kind of this I've gone through this thought process with myself probably at least 20 times and that's why I still haven't started the blog but I I think about the I think about the theme of the blog. I think about like the color scheme and how that will affect people's mood and like opinion of it. And then I think about like search engine optimization and then it needs to be mobile friendly and then it needs to be easy to read and like not, there has to be not too much going on on the page. And then just all these, I just think about all these factors, right? And it can be exhausting and really daunting because when you're thinking about all this stuff and you have never done anything before, it makes it really hard to actually get started. Because of that, I start to delay my ideas or things that I want to do because I feel like it has to be at such a high level, even though I'm at a beginner, that I don't want to actually like pursue an idea or a even like a photo on Instagram. Like I'll have this idea for a photo, right? But I don't know how to execute on it. And so that's like something where... Maybe I'll have the photo, but I won't want to post it or I'll feel like, oh, my audience isn't big enough yet. And if my audience was bigger then this photo would do so much better. And it's a real shame that I don't have that big of an audience because now this photo is not going to do as well. So that's a big issue. Another mental barrier I have is that I am really indecisive because I have so many different ideas and I don't know which ones to choose because I feel like, well, what if this one works? Or what, I mean, what if this one doesn't work or this one doesn't work? And well, I want to do this idea, but then if I do this idea, I can't do the other idea. And so I have a really hard time deciding things because I'm so imprisoned to the idea that things need to be perfect. So that ties back into the, per, the being a perfectionist. And so then another mental barrier is that I compare myself to the best of the best, which creates extremely high stakes for myself because I'm expecting to basically be as good as someone that's been doing it a lot longer than I have. I guess the best way of putting it is that I put my a good example at least is I put myself on other people's timelines. Like a great example is I think of becoming a YouTuber, right? And I think of this guy named Peter McKinnon who I think got over a million subscribers in a year and he's just one example. I'm sure there's other people that have blown up like that big that fast also. But I hear about these people and so it makes me, I'm basically comparing myself to them and I kind of measure that my future success, even though I don't even have any success yet, it's that's what's hilarious is I'm measuring future success that doesn't even exist, but I'm measuring future success based off of these people because they did it in a year and got like a million YouTube subscribers, I need to do it in a year. But then what happens with that is you really, it, it creates even more of a high stakes kind of game with yourself because you're afraid to then pursue different ideas or you're af afraid to actually commit to something because you know once you commit like that's when that timeline starts and you have to become a, a, a million subscriber YouTuber in a year, right? So then it's like, well, I feel that way and then so I never wanna get started because I never feel like I'm prepared enough and then that eventually 
that like line of thought eventually will lead to me being like 65 years old and I've never done anything because I'm so stuck in these these endless cycles that I can't get out of. And so those are my mental barriers that I have. And I've kind of been thinking about then solutions to these mental barriers and kind of what can I do to change my approach from what I've already been doing, especially now that I'm in Asia and it's a different, it's just a whole different, it's like a, it's basically like a new start. And I don't necessarily think I have the answers and I don't think I've said anything profound or anything. These are just kind of the things that I'm experiencing now and kind of the things I've realized. It's not really even, I don't even think that well polished yet, but hopefully you guys can get some value out of it. And so what I've decided I'm going to do from now on is one, I've already changed my approach based on um, like the way I travel is that before in Europe, I was, like I said, going from place to place really quickly. And so that kind of put pressure on me to, you know, kind of see everything the country had to offer. And now what I'm doing in Asia is I'm staying in each country for as long as I can. And so, for example, in Seoul, I'm going to be here for three months. And then when I go to Tokyo, I'm going to try and be there for three months. And so what that does for me is I can focus more on working every day and that becoming the main focus. And then as kind of the side focus, it will be kind of, you know, seeing what the country has to offer and going and seeing all the sites and experiencing the culture and things like that. And so I think that's going to be huge because kind of going back to the um, idea of the sacrificial lamb, it's like, well, what are you going to sacrifice and what's going to take precedent? And for me, I've decided that what's going to take precedent is actually working towards my goals and trying to get this blog up and try and get this podcast going and then getting after it on Instagram because I've been kind of lacking on that also. And so that's one adjustment I'm going to make. Some other things I've thought about is, and this one I really struggle with even still, but one thing I have realized, and even though I realized it, like I just said, I still am struggling so hard with it, is that you learn by doing things. I think people are so, and me especially, we're so paralyzed by the what ifs of the world that are in the world that it leads to a lot of inaction. One thing I have kind of learned as I've traveled is just by doing things and just by like jumping in and starting to travel, you really do learn a lot as long as you're paying attention and you're constantly like reflecting on, oh, like what could I have done better here? Like what is, what, why did this not work out? I th- you, you really do learn. And that's kind of the best, I think, way of looking at it and kind of the way to take more action is just do it. Just like the freaking Nike slogan says, just do it do it maybe look at that i might get that tattooed on my forehead or something that might be uh that might be a punishment maybe (laughs) if you don't reach your goals by 30 connor you're getting just do it tattooed on your forehead we'll see about that though i think the last adjustment that i'm going to be making and this kind of ties into just doing it is try and simplify everything that you're doing Like I kind of talked about with my mental barriers, everything is thought about at such a high level and maybe even things, maybe I'm even thinking about things that don't really matter, right? And so simplifying everything makes it easy and you don't have to feel stressed out because that's another thing is when you're you're constantly using up all this mental energy, thinking about these what-if scenarios or thinking about all these different things that you need to be doing or like things you need to be taking into consideration, you don't really want to think about them then in the future because you know it's just such a mentally exhausting task to do that. And so that can also lead to a lot of inaction. And so this idea of simplifying everything, as an example with my blog, 
I just told you how I'm thinking about all these freaking million of things, right? What I'm going to do with the blog is I'm, it's literally just going to be writing. It's going to be focusing solely on the content of what I have to say. And it's going to be very clean and simple and minimalist of a blog. And then over time, it'll grow and get bigger. And then hopefully it will become what I think now <laughs> about it. But in the in the beginning, it's going to be simple. And I'm going to focus on, focus on being efficient and having a responsive website. Also with that... I'm going to focus on smaller tasks and goals over the grand scheme of what I'm trying to do. And so we'll use the blog again because it's a good example or even the podcast. Instead of thinking about I need to have the successful, amazing blog and I need people to, you know, come to this blog and I need this podcast to be successful and all this, just focusing on actually getting things done like writing blog posts like getting one of those done maybe each day or like doing your podcast every week and just focusing on putting out a podcast episode every single week that's the kind of things that will lead i think to more action the last two things i would like or the last thing i yeah the last thing as far as mental barriers go is that not when you're aware of your mental barriers it gives you power back because now that you're aware of them you can recognize what's causing you to be it gives you the ability to like recognize what's de been detrimental to, to your success and then so you can fix those things and then also you have to recognize that or I need to recognize that simply just not thinking about the mental barriers and like giving them power over me that is also something that I am going to try to start doing and so wow that was a lot I think the the last thing I would like to leave you guys with is something just kind of a a tip if you are struggling with whether it's mental barriers or you're more of a or you care too heavily about results i've always been i mean as a perfectionist you're you always think about the results right and so you're results oriented to where the results matter and you hardly ever think about the process and that was always something i really struggled with growing up and then about i'd say a year or two ago i for whatever reason, there was like a switch in my mind that went off and I went from thinking in terms of the results always to becoming a process oriented. And that's the reason why I was able to actually start traveling. And I finally decided to pursue what I wanted out of life, which is content creation. Because before that, I was, I don't know, I just, when you're results oriented, it's really hard to it's really hard to actually do what you want because you don't feel like you're capable of doing it, right? Because you're, you're so focused going back to what I was saying in the first episode of why I'm doing this podcast. You're so focused on like what you're so focused on the results that when you look at someone you look up to or someone that does something that you want to do, you're like I said, you're seeing the most successful version of who they are because they went through this long process of however many years to get to where they're at. And so by becoming process oriented and thinking more about the process and emphasizing that, that's allowed me to kind of, so it's very freeing because now I, def, instead of defining myself now on like the results that I achieve, I just find myself on the fact that am I continuously putting myself in a position to improve and am I actually pursuing my dreams and um, working towards that. And so because of that, because I think that way now, like I just said, one, I'm actually pursuing what I want. And then two, it's very um fulfilling like I feel 
fulfilled doing this, even though I haven't really, even though I haven't really, I haven't had any success at all. It's just I, like the fact that I'm actually doing it and on the journey now is a very fulfilling feeling. And so hopefully that could be something that if you notice that you're results oriented, try and start to think more about the process because when you focus on the process and you're really locked in on that then the results come and one day they'll hit you like the results will hit you and you'll be like holy crap like that can't believe that happened and so let's check where we're at right now with time so i think that's going to be the end of this second episode it was wonderful i hope everyone got some sort of value from it that's truly what i'm just trying to do and like i said this is kind of just a this is just kind of my thoughts and what I'm thinking as I struggle through this little thing called becoming a content creator. And so if you liked this episode, please subscribe. This is episode two, and so it won't be up until episode three, which I will be doing in the next few days. And then all three episodes will be up for you all to listen to. So subscribe. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's con. J Hancock, C-O-N-J-H-A-N-C-O-C-K. And I will see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.